0: Bodyguard. Copyright Serenya Murthy, 2018. March 24th, 2016. Last night was surreal. I was upstairs doing my homework because I have no life. It's kind of weird how when I was grounded and off the devices, I didn't really care. I just read my way through dad's bookshelves. Good thing he didn't think of banning those. It's kind of his Achilles heel. He can never bring himself to deny anyone an education. But now that I'm online again, being grounded really does feel like an imposition. It's like that guy said, social comparison is the thief of happiness. I don't know what guy, some guy on Dad's bookshelf. Oh well, no point moaning about it. When the first couple of lights flickered, I thought I was imagining things. Then I heard Allie wail, Dad, why are all the lights turning on and off? She ran downstairs. Since I didn't have to stay in my room, I followed her. As I made my way through the hallway, I saw that all the lights in all the rooms were turning themselves on and off in an almost diabolical rhythm. It was as if they were being operated by a sinister unseen hand. In light of what dad had said about the stalker, I couldn't get downstairs fast enough. Even when dad and I are at war, there's something comforting about his presence. Allie was hugging dad's waist and clinging to him. I'd never admit this to another living soul, but I kind of wanted to do something similar. I contented myself with standing near him, scanning the situation as if I could possibly contribute something useful, and coolly observing, it's like a Stephen King novel up there. It's all right, kids, Dad said. Mom's security detail burst in, apparently for the sole purpose of disproving Dad's statement, because there was no intruder in the house they could possibly apprehend. One of them had her gun out in firing position. When Allie saw this, she screamed, alarming the already tense staff even further, and buried her head in Dad's shirt. She was really freaked out. I didn't feel so hot myself. It wasn't that long ago that I'd feared coming up against a loaded weapon in firing position. After the staff had searched the house and found no one, we were cleared to go upstairs. Allie practically ran out of there, not wanting to be within spitting distance of even holstered guns. I stayed where I was. I needed to know what had happened, and Dad didn't look quite himself. He was attempting to remain calm as the security guards briefed him, but I could see that he was sweating, and I thought that he might be glad to have a family member around. Someone hacked into your security system, the FBI staff member told Dad. He had been notified when the incident occurred and had come over immediately. Good service. How? Dad demanded indignantly. I didn't follow all the technical details. I was more concerned about Dad. He was arguing with the FBI guy and it got pretty heated. He was raising his voice and yelling in a way he doesn't usually do with people who aren't his offspring. Dad, I said when I sensed he was losing control. No reaction. Dad, I repeated urgently. This got his attention. He turned his head. I was standing beside his chair, but he didn't look at me. He simply broke eye contact with his sparring partner and looked at the table. He was still pretty worked up. Is everything all right? I asked in a low voice, but still kind of forcefully. I knew it wasn't, but you know. Get it together, McCord. Don't lose your cool. He got the message and took a breath. He made a visible effort to pull himself together. It's fine, he said. I'll be upstairs in a minute." Thus dismissed, I nodded and went upstairs. As I passed Allie's room, I saw her light was on. In fact, her door was open. I glanced in, expecting to see her seeking comfort in the glow of her iPhone, but instead, she was just sitting on her bed with one leg curled up under her, while the other dangled over the side, her toe just grazing the floor while she toyed listlessly with a piece of yarn from her bedspread. It was the exact same attitude I'd find her in when she was eight and upset over something. A birthday party snub, a fight with a friend or Stevie, an overdue library book. I couldn't just leave her. Hey, I said, leaning against the doorjamb. She looked up. Something about her eyes made me think she'd left the door open on purpose. Maybe she was hoping that Dad would come in to console her, and she got me instead. I know this is going to sound a little unorthodox, but is there anything I can do for you? All I heard was a whooshing sound. The next thing I knew, Allie's head was buried in my shoulder and she was crying. I had to fix things fast. If Dad came upstairs and found her crying, he'd automatically assume it was my fault. I patted her on the back. Saying there there seemed facetious. But what do you do with a crying girl? This is a conundrum which no guy, except perhaps a psychiatrist, has been able to effectively solve. Hey, I said, attempting to be soothing. A tall order for yours truly. It's gonna be okay. Banal and pedestrian, but it sufficiently slowed her tears to the point where she could speak. I don't want to die, she whispered. I assume you mean soon, because there's nothing I can do about the eventual outcome. She laughed, smacked my shoulder, and wiped her eyes. I mean it, Jason. I'm scared. I don't know what the hell to say to that. It'll be okay. Dad's here. He'll keep us safe. Allie nodded, but her chin was still quivering. Come on, why don't you try and get some sleep? I gestured at her bed. It'll look better in the morning. She stared at me, wild-eyed. Are you crazy? There's no way I'll be able to sleep tonight. I'll read to you. She'd done it for me often enough when we were kids. Really? Allie cocked her head and gave me a quizzical look. I shrugged. Yeah. Well, okay, I guess, she said. She felt around her bookshelf. Here, she said. I looked at the book. As if to test my patience, she had handed me a copy of Pretty Little Liars. nuh I said, handing it back to her. Try again. She laughed and handed me a copy of Gossip Girl. Well, I could handle shallow and superficial. I settled myself on the floor, leaning against her bedpost. Chapter one. I guess the actual content was a moot point. Allie fell asleep before I was halfway through the first chapter, as did I. March 30th, 2016 The situation with the stalker has everyone on edge and very crabby, especially Allie. This morning, she was complaining about the fact that Dad hasn't been home for a while. There's a lot going on at work, honey, Mom soothed. There's a lot going on here as well, Allie shot back indignantly. I asked her whether Dad was supposed to quit his job because she was freaked out. This got her all riled up. Don't act like it's just me, she said. You sleep with a nightlight. Duh, I replied. If a gun-toting lowlife breaks in, I'd want to see him coming. I kind of wished I hadn't said that because Allie's eyes just bugged out in fear and Mom and Stevie gave me a look. Honey, nothing like that is going to happen, Mom said. Allie's expression clearly said, you don't know that. You can sleep in my room if you want, Stevie offered. "'Allie's room is the safest in the house,' I said, zipping up my backpack. They all looked at me. "'Well, it is,' I said. "'It's impossible to scale. The wall is sheer. There are no trees within easy reach of her window. There isn't even a skylight. If anything, Stevie should sleep in Allie's room.' "'How do you know all this?' Mom asked. "'Observation,' I said. I'd also been talking it over with the security guards. "'What about your room?' Allie demanded. "'It's okay.' It had a tree next to it, but was still protected by virtue of being on the second floor. Maybe we should all sleep in my room, Allie worried. Yeah, that's not going to screw us up for life, I scoffed. Besides, I sleep with a knife strapped to my ankle. They all gaped at me. Is it my fault I believe in taking precautions? You wouldn't last ten seconds in a knife fight, Allie exclaimed. Which is still enough time for you to sound the alarm and get to safety, I said. Her eyes bugged out even more, something I wouldn't have thought possible. Well, don't look so surprised, I said. I'm your brother. It's what we do. Older brothers, maybe. She glanced at Stevie, who folded her arms. How do you think we'd feel if something happened to you? I shrugged. Eh, I had a good run, I replied. Jason, you don't really think you're man of the house just because dad isn't here, do you? Stevie raised a skeptical eyebrow. Don't be ridiculous, I scoffed. Mom's been in charge for most of our lives. I don't think anything like that. Then what's your deal? She challenged. I shrugged. I don't know what to tell you, I said, putting on my backpack. Try me, she commanded. All right, fine. I marshaled my thoughts and looked at them. This isn't going to be anyone's favorite observation, but from where I'm sitting, what could happen to you or Allison or even mom is like a hundred times worse than anything that could happen to me. This gave them pause for thought. They looked at each other. That's just the way I see it, I said, and this time I was successful in departing. When I came home, Allie was there. Hey, I said, weren't you going to a party or something? I tossed my backpack onto the floor. I passed, she said. I decided I'd rather hang out here. Can't imagine why, I observed. Safety in numbers, she replied. I think there would have been other people at the party, I needled her. That's not the point, dummy, she informed me. I don't want anything to happen to you. You're the only brother I've got. Good deal, I said. I went to the fridge to get some milk. The front door burst open and Stevie stormed in. Jarrett is a jerk, she yelled. She slammed the door shut and practically threw her purse on the couch. She whacked a pillow. Hey, Steph, how's it going? I ventured. She glared at me. What happened? Allie was all agog. Stevie rolled her eyes. I told him how worried I was about the stalker business and he said the police would take care of it. The police, she glared at us. Can you believe it? Her eyes said, how callous can you get? Wow, the men are really sucking tonight, I observed. Stevie glowered at me. Is that all you have to say? she demanded. I think I'd prefer that your wrath remained concentrated on a single point of focus, I replied. Stevie turned to Ali, who was cleverly saying nothing at all. Anyway, I told him I can't possibly go with him to England for spring break, she announced. I can't leave you guys all alone. I have to be here for my family. She plunked herself onto the couch. It's an ill wind, I guess, I said. I could have bitten off my tongue the minute I said it. Stevie turned on me. Are you implying that I'm glad there's a stalker? She demanded. I think you'd jump at any reason not to go to England, I replied. Jason, you are the worst, she yelled. Until recently, that title had belonged to Jareth. The door opened again and Dad entered. He looked surprised to find the three of us assembled there. I guess he'd only been expecting yours truly. We were no less surprised to see him. I thought you were traveling, Stevie said, even as Dad said, weren't you spending the evening with Jareth? They had a fight, Allie informed him. Oh, Dad sighed. He suddenly looked clean worn out. He rubbed his forehead. Don't you have some really important stuff to take care of?" Stevie demanded. This appeared to wake Dad up. Yeah, he replied, yeah, I do. He hung up his keys and strode over to the kitchen counter. I couldn't stop thinking about you kids, he said, in response to our mystified stares. I wasn't much good to anyone in this state, so I came home. Wow! I've decided not to work any more evenings until I'm confident that the three of you are safe, he continued. Oh my god, dad! Stevie flung up her hands. They're not twelve anymore, she gestured at us, and we have mom's security detail. That isn't the point, dad interrupted. We looked at him and he marshalled his thoughts. We have the finest minds in the country working on this round-the-clock, and... He stuck his hands in his pockets and shrugged helplessly. We still don't know who's behind it. He looked at us and sighed. I can't leave something this critical in the hands of the hired help. This isn't a Catherine Stockett novel. He paused and looked at us. You're my kids. The buck stops with me. We were silent for a few moments. Well, you're definitely preferable to a stalker, I observed. Glad to hear it, he replied. You might want to cross Hallmark off your short list of future employers. That would be a short list, Stevie quipped. She peeled herself off the sofa. Come on, let's do something to get our minds off it. Clue or Monopoly? Monopoly, Allie squealed, and for the first time in McCord family history, it was unanimous. Next week on Meet the McCords, she nearly sputtered with exasperation. In her current state, she was liable to rip his throat right out. Sometimes, guys do stuff just for a laugh. I can see that bringing you here was a mistake. He squeezed my shoulder to show that there were no hard feelings. Tune in Thursday at 8 p.m. Central for Episode 20, The Real Deal.